0: Right. Welcome to the dope muslim woman podcast. Welcome back, welcome back um to another episode here on the dope muslim woman podcast. We are in season four of the dope muslim woman podcast. We are in um the heartbreak to dope podcast season we are in the radical love series and we are in the dope black muslim love mini series assalamu alaykum to everyone as you come in please go ahead and give your salam so that we know the barakah is here we can exchange the greetings of peace alaikum salam kareen um the ask right now is for you guys to offer your salams and to share the pla- podcast inshallah ta'ala. but we have an amazing amazing show here today um we had purposeful partnership. I've been talking about this like crazy. I've been so inspired. I've been reading passages from the Quran to really help me under even understand the deeper meaning behind this episode. So I'm super excited about this content, you guys. I think you're going to really benefit. But I'm going to bring on my first couple, inshallah ta'ala. I'm going to introduce them um, now. So we can go ahead and bring them onto the live and I'll officially introduce them. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. Wa
1: wa rahmatullah.
0: Welcome, you guys. Welcome to the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. I'm glad to have you here.
1: Thanks for having us. Appreciate
0: Thank it. Thank you for being here. Walaikum salam to all the audience members giving your salams. It's good to see all you guys returning. So let me go ahead and introduce. First, I wanted to start with my dear sister. She was born in Columbus, Ohio. She's a daughter of Emil and Vicky Bashir. She comes from a family of entrepreneurs and has always desired to follow in those footsteps. She is a graduate of Muhammad Schools of Atlanta. I didn't know that. Received a bachelor's in computer science from Smith College. She currently resides in Columbus with her amazing husband, and their four children. Alhamdulillah. I would like to welcome Sister Intasar Bashir to the show. Assalamu alaikum, dear sister. Wa alaikum, assalam. Alhamdulillah. And now I want to introduce my brother. He's a returning um, contributor to the platform. He's a native of Detroit, Michigan. He currently resides in Columbus, Ohio with his beautiful wife and children. He is the fifth child of Rafiq and Afisa Mahdi. Um, he's an assistant imam at the local mosque and served um, the, in this role for eight years. He's also a graduate of Ellick Glass Training Academy and received a bachelor's in biology from Wayne State University. I would like to officially welcome Brother Rashid Mahdi back to the show. Assalamualaikum, brother.
1: Wa alaikum wa talah. Thank you for having me again.
0: Alhamdulillah. And as most of you guys know or may not know, this dope, amazing couple is um, they're the owners of an amazing company, which is pretty well known, especially in the Black community, Brown Ditches. And that is a brainchild of the husband and wife duo. Um, they um, Once they realized that brand bandages were supposed to be flesh tone and noticed none of the bandages they purchased in stores matched the skin of anyone in their family, they decided to launch brownages. Their businesses can be found on all platforms at brownages or www.brownditches.com. This is a product that I personally use um, because it really, really um, allows my daughters to feel empowered when they put a band, when they have a a boo-boo or or they got hurt, they get to put the bandage on and feel um, that it matches their skin tone. And then there's really inspirational um, uh, images that they have on their bandages. So thank you. I'm super humbled to have you guys both on the show.
2: Alhamdulillah,
0: alhamdulillah Thanks it. for having us. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So I wanted to get right um, into this dialogue. I wanted to jump right in. We're talking about purposeful p- um, partnerships. So we're talking about taking it a step further. I was discussing this with our dear couple before they came on the live. And that was that just the aspect of what actually is, is needed at this point in time for black couples to really act, actually restore. What was taken from us, what was stripped from us um, and what was denied to us as as we, as we our ancestors came here on, on ships and shackles here um, and our marriages and the institution of marriage was attacked. But I wanted to just ask and start first at the beginning, you know, where did you guys meet? Why did you guys decide to get married? Like, what's the story?
2: Um, Alhamdulillah, we've been married for fifteen years. Um, we met actually in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a native of Columbus, Ohio. He's a native of Detroit, Michigan. Um, around I think first grade, my mother took me and my older brother down to Michigan to attend the Islamic school there because my parents have always been um very. They see the, the advantage of their children attending Islamic school. So once our stopped um closed here in Columbus, we did like public school for a year or two, and I was like, uh-uh. And so Detroit was the closest one. And so my mom picked up and moved, and during the week we would live in Detroit, and on the weekends we'd come back home because my dad is an entrepreneur, so he had a business here that he was running and he couldn't, you know, pick up and move like that. So that's how I met Rashid and his family, um, probably back in, I don't know, it was first or second grade for me. Um, so I've known him since then, alhamdulillah.
1: Yeah. She's been stalking me ever since, Alhamdulillah. So I mean there was well um, another
3: way around, brother.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to add on to the, our story, so when um we got to a, well, I got to a point. Where, you know, you're a little bit older in college, about to graduate. And it came to a point where I was ready for marriage. And at at this point in time, I don't think we've seen each other. It's probably been four or five years since we've seen each other. I'm good friends with her brother. um, So normally at least a week, a weekend out the year, I would go down to Atlanta, spend time with her brother um, and some other friends down there. Um, But again, it's about four or five years since we have since we've seen each other and I was got to the point where it's like, all right, ready for marriage. So mm-hmm. we have a mutual friend in Atlanta um, that I called her. Shout out to Tawahida. Um oh, no. And I was like, where's Kyria? Kyria? Like, what, what, what is she doing? And she gave me her number, put a little bit of game on her. Alhamdulillah, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yada. Uh, we've been married for 15 years. So
0: Mashallah. Subhanallah. Um, so that's a really beautiful story. I'm wondering at what point, because I know and so sorry, you mentioned that you come from a family of entrepreneurs, but I want to know individually, at what point did you guys understand what your purpose was? Understand that you were intended to, to create um, an impact or make a change within our community. Um, when did that realization occur for you guys individually?
2: um for me it's like i said i come from a family of entrepreneurs my father my grandmother's on both sides my aunts on both sides so it's always been a desire of mine to have a business so i think from day one like we always kicked ideas back and forth mm-hmm. um like oh what about this what about that and alhamdulillah like groundages is the one oh, i should say it's technically it's like the second thing that stuck because i'm not sure if you're aware but Rashid is a three-time children's um, book author. And so that was our first venture. Um, All of his books are available on our website as well. Okay. Um, Nice book. Nice book. (laughs) That was our first thing. And it's like, um, like I said, we've always kicked around ideas. Um, The books were the first thing. He wrote his first book. I don't know, maybe seven eight years ago and he just held on to it for a long time and um I, I don't know like one day we just were like let's do this so alhamdulillah we found a muslim sister um to illustrate it um and she put it together and then we published it and then we were like okay we can do this business kind of thing so we just started back kicking ideas and brown is what like spoke to us at the time and it really stuck and we were able to move it forward and, you know, make it a business.
0: Wow. So so I want to make sure I'm understanding this correct, dear sister. So are you saying that brother Rashid, you had a passion or desire you began to write sister and so you truly believed in what he was doing. You went into business with him. Y'all both published it. It became your first business as a couple even though he was the one that wrote the books and it was sort of his idea first am i understanding that
2: yes right? yeah definitely i always support wow. idea. like to this day i always feel that he'll deny it but i had i believe he has a way with words he he's very good with his words he's very that game <laughs> whatever he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's very i don't know he has a he's he has a gift of words he really does and so like when he wrote this book, I was like, no, but for real, that's kind of good. And you know what I mean? So I, like, let's do this. Uh, it took longer than we expected because it's not as easy as we thought it would be to find an illustrator. Like we mm-hmm. went through a couple of renditions, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> I'm lie, the one that we ended up with, it, it's beautiful. Like I, when we first saw it, like I was like.
0: Oh my goodness this is
2: real and it was just really nice the sister did an amazing job she was wonderful to work with um shout out to rashida mendez she's, yeah. Yeah, she's, yeah she's amazing she's also our graphic designer for brownages so if y'all need any kind of graphic design work like hit up our sister 19 the agency she's amazing to work with yeah.
1: and i think that oh. speaks to the point of making sure that we continue to like from an economical standpoint yes. um build up each other because we do have muslim everything um, so it's important for us to, you know, have those relationships, um, and then, you know, support them. They support you. And hopefully uh, we have the finances, um, in the community where we can actually really start to make a difference.
0: Absolutely. Beautiful. Brother Rashid, I wanted to ask you as a, as a, as a man, cause I hear this often when it comes to support and them wanting support from their spouses. What did it feel like? Or what did it do for you to have your wife really believe in your vision? Stay, not only that, really invest in its walk right there with you when it came to your first endeavor. What did that mean to you?
1: Um, it's definitely a blessing. Um, I think most people, they have ideas in their heads mm-hmm. um, that they think that it makes sense to them. It's a good idea to them. But when you have someone that is, you know, close to you, and the relationship that we have with one another, like we're going to tell each other the truth regardless. So mm-hmm. when you have a person that's telling you to, you know, push on, it's a good idea, do it. Um, it makes it a, it makes it a lot easier to actually, you know, jump to, to jump, to try to do it. And, um, um, you know, put forth the effort um, to try to make your dream come to fruition, so to speak. So mm-hmm. um, it's one of the, her amazing qualities, she's always um, being extremely supportive of me. I try my best to be supportive apart as well. So it's just, um, I think it's one of the beautiful things about our relationships that yeah. um, allows us to continue to, you know, have a, have a healthy relationship, I would say.
0: Mashallah. Okay. So I want to know a little bit about the challenges. Cause when I think about, ooh, having a business, especially a, a successful one, alhamdulillah, like brownages, a, a well-known one, a one that constantly have to invest and pour so much in, what are some of the challenges as it relates to kind of having a business with your spouse, your partner, your lover, um it's not too
2: many challenges that we have run into like the 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 hardest thing is and i my our children are just now like like maybe two weeks ago telling us like can we just do something and it don't have nothing to do with brown and i'm like oh like brother just feed you boo but um it's just like separate finding time to separate like Brownages and then just like everyday life because we can be at the dinner table and shooting ideas back and Mm -hmm. forth and they like I never really gave it too much thought I don't know if he has but like I said like two weeks ago like our oldest was like one one weekend because we have a weekend it doesn't have anything to do with brownages and I was like tell me how you really feel sis (laughs) like I I just it's it took it it was a surprise and so I think that's where we're at right now, trying to make sure that we spend enough time working on the business, but also enough time, just us and also Mm -hmm. with the kids and and not necessarily blending it all together all the time. So I think that's one challenge that we're working on as we speak, really.
0: Mm, Trying to find a balance, yeah. Yeah. SubhanAllah, Um, what does it take for Black families to um, work on this sort of rebuilding our economic structure, really putting things back in place where we're focused on economics. What does it take for us to really um, hone into that as a people?
1: Um, It takes support, support from one another, um, and having a good community that, that will back you. Um, it takes connections. So even with us in brownages, we have to make sure that we shout out like um, Sharif, I do uh, Malik, my brother-in-law with his company, We Buy Black and also brother Malik with um, True Detergent because brother Malik has been extremely instrumental in our brand. Like he's the connection. That's who, that's how we got our connections. Mm -hmm. Um, And not only that, he's been doing that with other um, entrepreneurs as well. So it's, it's, it's making sure you have someone in the community that is selfless, that is willing to help you, and making sure that you have a community around you that's willing, willing to support you. Because um, there will be times when you may start to second guess yourself, but having the individuals or having people around you that continue to push you on, to, keep, to continue to shout you out, I mean that's huge. It's uh, you know that's extremely huge. Even if, yeah. even a, a share when a person shares something um, on Facebook or Instagram, because yeah. when we were at our at our highest peak, I think um, we had a friend, Nafisa. Shout out to Nafisa. She posted something, and I think it got like three thousand different shares. I'm, so you just never know. So it's just um, you know having that support from the community. I think that's one of the biggest things that we can do to um, try to you know uplift the community and put more and be more. Um, Conscious about making sure that we are giving back.
0: That you're giving back, yeah. I mean, has it been difficult to stay course, the stay the course as it relates to staying with the business despite maybe economic challenges, despite community challenges, but despite those things and normal things that come with developing a business? Has it been difficult to stay um, the
4: course?
2: I don't think so. Cause like you said, I'm allowed so many people have been so supportive of our businesses down to a simple share down to like, not even people that we physically know, but just like the random customers that, you know, come across our business. Like it's amazing that the amount of alerts that I get on my phone, like weekly of just somebody like in Sweden, like literally in Sweden sharing our business. And it's all, it's just like, that support is what keeps us going and letting us know that what we're producing our brand our products are needed you know um from you know all the way from here in columbus ohio to sweden to belgium like we ship product to saudi arabia before and it's just like it's amazing the amount of support that we get and that is what keeps us going really like that's that that it's it's yeah
1: but it's not easy i mean it it takes money to make money number one and um you have to make sure you put yourself in a position where you um can you know take the leap um and having people around you is great um so i mean we've been fortunate our business it doesn't you know we're a two-person business essentially um, but even at, again when we were extremely busy, we were so fortunate to have people in our immediate, like close friends that came down from Columbus or up from Detroit to help us fulfill Cincinnati. orders. So um
2: shout out to pizza and her family. They yeah, came definitely. and packed orders uh-huh. with us, her and her mother. It was amazing.
1: So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's just us, you know, bigging up one another. Shout out to um their their company as well. Yeah. Um. So it's you know we just gotta we gotta support each other yeah, and we gotta absolutely. we gotta you know be willing to.
0: Absolutely, support. I'm I'm wondering you know because I think you know mashallah like subhanallah like for uh, those of us who are purposeful and are dedicated to this mission of rebuilding our um, their families first and foremost and rebuilding our communities. You know it's beautiful but it does come with a set of challenges because in the end the, real, the reality is is that we have been targeted as a people especially as it relates to this idea of um there can only be one you know one of us right um this idea that um you know sometimes survival mold and so sometimes when we we get challenged as a people or our people sometimes still are struggling as it relates to being able to celebrate each other's success um in some spaces have you been had to navigate that at all? Have you had to do extra things to protect not only your union, your business, as it relates to just the reality of like Hassad envy, jealousy, things like that, that comes with the territory of, you know, being an example, kind of leading away in, in, in some regards.
1: Um, you know, we put our faith in God to be honest with you and we, and we do it. Um, I think, And anything that we do, if you want to be successful, there will be some sacrifices. And I think our generation sometimes forget that when we think of success, we think that it is supposed to be immediate. Um, But we were fortunate, like we came from parents who they sacrificed the financial side of things to make sure that we had a found like an Islamic foundation, so to speak. And although we are still, say, young in this whole, you know, this Islamic experience, you know, um, we have to realize that you know if we want to be successful, whether it's you know financially, um, religiously, like it's going to be sacrifices will have to be made. So our parents made the sacrifices again to make sure that we had this great foundation, and I think it's time for us to try to make some sacrifices as well to make sure that we continue to big up the community um, and you know have the financial backing that's why, inshallah if we ever get to the point where we can get like my dream job right now is to be a philanthropist like i want to give back um so if we ever get to that point like we, the muslim community going to be good right. inshallah so make sure y'all buy a couple products um we got a few things out there right. but um, you know we we give it back that's um, i think that's uh, it's a per- definitely a trait of her she's always um willing to support other companies um, and that's something that I feel passionate about as well. So um just making it, it's it's gonna be a sacrifice, but you know, sacrifices come with come with reward, so to speak.
0: That's a problem that's absolutely beautiful. I appreciate. You guys sharing that and just the focus in on the mission, the purpose, um, aligning with what is positive and just moving forward. Mashallah, may Allah bless you guys. All right, you guys. So this part is a little bit fun. We kind of move into a seg- uh, to segue into debunking a few myths around marriage, around partnership. And so how it basically works is I'll make a statement and um, you both individually will say whether you agree or disagree. And then you just give context as to your why um, as it relates to marriage. So you guys ready? Yes. Okay, I'm that. so I'm gonna if it's okay, I'm gonna start with you, sister and sister. Um, mm-hmm. the first comment is black women are less likely to marry um statistically due to concerns with economic stability amongst black men. This and you, you want mean. me to
2: say whether I believe that's true or false? Yes, ma'am. I would mm-hmm. say false, just because that's not my experience or my mm-hmm. circle of friends experience. Um mm-hmm. But again, I've been out the game for 15 years. I don't know what's going on right now. But I would say it's false. That was not my, and I got married at 23. So Mm -hmm. it's like that was not even on my radar. You know, we were both fresh out of college. And then the majority of my friends right now were in the similar time in their lives. So that was not the case for us. So I would say false.
0: Okay. I'm good Brother She, what do you think?
1: I would say it's false as well. Um, I mean, it could be some truth in it, but I think especially where we both came from, like we saw our parents, like I know my parents for a fact, Mm -hmm. they made sacrifices. My father worked good job. He worked at Ford. He worked at um, Northwest airlines, Delta two jobs. And I know for a fact that if he wanted to, he could have had, we could have been set financially. Uh, my mm-hmm. mother would have been set financially, but he made mm-hmm. the sacrifice where I want to make sure that my seven kids all go to private schools at the same time. So mm-hmm. that's I mean, so he he was willing to make that sacrifice. And my, my mother was willing to accept the sacrifice because she understood how important it was. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think the economic I don't. Yeah, I I think it's it's not true. I But I mean, they're.
0: There's some experiences um, out there. All right, got it. Thank you, thank you. Creating a business together increases the chances of love and happiness in a marriage. Would say you into, Sar? Does it increase the love and happiness creating a business together as a couple? I mean, if y'all successful.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, if you're not, I don't know. It's cause also a couple problems. Um, I don't know. I, as, as long as you can separate. The two because it has to be a little bit of separation. It's like like I said, we, we working on that part. Um we, we're not all the way there yet.
1: Somebody like to keep on having babies.
2: Huh? Um, <laughs> somebody somebody, right. Somebody. Exactly. <laughs> That's not how that one works. <laughs> but um I think that I think I don't know. Yeah, That's, I I, I, don't know. I don't
1: think it has anything to do with it personally. Yeah. Okay. Um you know, if you got a good relationship, if you have a business together, y'all going to be good. If your relationship before the business is a little rocky, it's, I mean, it's the business will probably make it a little bit more rockier. So, I mean, it's just yeah. um,
2: as long as you have a good foundation, I think um, you 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 can make it happen. I'm We were married. What? 12 years before we started a biz, like Brownages together. So mm-hmm. I think we had like enough of a foundation to go through, you know, the ins and outs of entrepreneurship, the ups and downs, the highs and the lows and the like,
0: all of it. So alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, All right, couples tend to be happier when they are free to pursue their individual interests and passions while married.
2: I would say true. Mm -hmm. I think that's true. Yeah. Um, You definitely have to have mutual, something mutual, but having something to yourself, like that allows you to, you know, go off, get a breath of fresh air and then come back and have together mutual, you know, stuff like that. But I definitely think that's true.
1: Yeah. It's it's, it's good to have your own um, interest and something that, you know, it, it, and it may not be a business, but it could be anything. It could be like I go Eat back football. to Detroit all the time or there you go. Football on Sundays. That's my day. That's that's my day.
0: I could care um, less about it. So, right. So. <laughs>
1: it's, it helps mentally. Definitely.
0: OK. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, it was very, very insightful to hear your wisdom as it relates to purposeful partnership, having a partner, um, having a partner in which you're aligned with as um, far as your purpose and that you're having a business with. I want to, um, Malika, inshallah, if you could drop again that, um Ditch's information. So I want make, to make sure as a community that we answer the call, which they put out, which is to go ahead and support this brand. You know, it's our responsibility as a community to keep the money within the community and to support people who have a vision and who are doing the work. Um, to come combat with w- again what we've been targeted, how we've been targeted economically as a community. So go ahead there right now, inshallah, or go share it, um, support and buy and purchase an item from their website, support their brand, spread the word inshallah to Ayla. and may Allah continuously make you guys both successful in all of your endeavors. Amin. I mean, thank you guys for being on the show, inshallah. I'll connect with you guys next time. Inshallah. Thank Appreciate. you for having us. <laughs> Whew. All right, alhamdulillah. That was that was amazing. I was I was so inspired. I feel all warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> I can see mashallah, my producer in the background. She's like yeah, I had such a big smile. But okay, alhamdulillah. So we have our next dope, amazing couple coming on to the show. We can go ahead and add them into the stream, and I'll go ahead and introduce. Them. Oh, salam alaikum. Oh, I think you're mute, beloved. Well, well, Masalaam, what
4: I to with
0: how you guys doing
4: I'm great. Great, I'm good, how are you oh, I okay
0: love. i see, wait i'm good i'm good but i'm like can we just let's take a moment for a second because y'all look real coordinated what's going on Right, <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's up let me see okay. what's going on we have the brand there we, no, have, we the have
3: uh i'm all messed up because of the left right yeah mecca institute uh uh
0: shirts it's official. I like it, mashallah. All right, well, we're going to get right into it. I'm going to go ahead and introduce, introduce this dope couple. Who most of us, you know, mashallah, we're privy to knowing them in the community. All right, so this brother and sister, they've been in Atlanta area educators for over 15 years. Um, our dear brother here, he holds a Bachelor of Science from Morehouse and a Master's from Mercer University and an EDS from the University of Georgia. Our dear sister, she holds a BSW and a master's from Georgia State University. They lived and taught in Saudi Arabia. They currently reside in the Atlanta area. Um, They've been married for 20 years. I didn't even know that. Gosh, 20 years and have 10 (laughs) children and one grandchild. They started an amazing institute called Mecca International Institute and officially in 2015 after hosting a summer camp. Um, they've been facilitating college tours, Arabic intensive, summer camps, fitness club, earth rangers, a hijama, which is, you know, the, the student practice there, which I'm sure maybe they'll explain a little bit. Um, recently, I started a K-12 virtual school. Mecca International Institute just opened its first brick and mortar building in Lilburn last Saturday, October 9th. So congratulations to you guys. I would like you to officially <laughs> welcome Sister Rochelle and Brother Tarek to the Doble Woman podcast.
4: Do Thank you. <laughs>
0: Masha'Allah. That was, woo, that was a lot, subhanAllah. But thank you guys so much for being here. And thank you for being willing to have this discussion and talk about purposeful partnership. When I was thinking about this topic, I was thinking about couples that came to mind who I always remember had some alignment in what they were doing. And you guys were the ones who came to mind. So I wanted to first just kind of start in the beginning. You guys met in college, right? That's correct. <laughs> so did you guys meet, did you guys have like a mutual Sort of interest in like your field when you met or was it just an attraction <laughs> it's not a treat for the tire what was
4: that you want what, you want me to tell to the rochelle? story you want me to tell the story
3: what drew you to rochelle yeah i'll, I'll keep <laughs> them honest i'll keep them honest okay thank you sis
4: so so basically uh this was my sophomore year her freshman year and um so you know i was at morehouse college all-male school Mm-hmm. And, you know, after so much maleness, I was like, I got to kind of spread my wings a little bit, you know, oh, okay. to see something a little bit different. <laughs> and so what I ended up doing was I ended up uh, registering and actually changed my major. You know, I changed my major to computer science. I was a biology major. So I changed my major to computer science and um, and I used that as an opportunity to take some classes over at Clark Atlanta. And so, while I was registering my classes for my classes at Clark Atlanta, my wife uh, was in line registering also. So, the rest is history.
0: I see. So, what happened, Michelle? Did he come and try to spit some game, or was it just kind of like a natural me? Like, what's it's so funny? funny?
3: So, I met him like the what, first second week of school. You know, my mom had just dropped me off at at college. You know, and so. Um, We were waiting in line uh his best friend like he was you know being friendly because i know the previous couple was talking about how her husband has is is really good with words he's really good with words as well Mm. um and so uh he goes in and you know he i think he was ahead of me in line he has his friend to speak to me until he gets out of the (laughs) his meeting with the uh to get registered for classes and we um he was he i'm not good with math we ended up studying and you know just you know he introduced me i wasn't a muslim when i had met him and so he Mm -hmm. introduced me to islam uh we started uh going to the msa's the auc msa was amazing anyone who um i know a lot of msa's are kind of weak these days but the auc msa you know they were having super bowl parties Mm -hmm. they you know met every friday they had dinner you know ramadan was I, i think that experience Um, with being a part of the the AUC MSA really helped me um, to, to um, have a good foundation for my Islam.
0: Okay. SubhanAllah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. So when did you guys decide or when did you both individually understand that you guys had some alignment with your purpose? Because I know you guys are both educators. At what point was that early on in the relationship or did you Because I know, Brother Targ, you mentioned your your major started off a little bit different. Mm
2: -hmm. So when did you
0: guys understand that you guys kind of had the same purpose, same kind of vision? So,
4: you know, um, my background is definitely science. And that is that's where the hijama comes in, because, um, you know, I've always wanted to be a doctor, health professional. I just have my qualms with uh, medicine, pharmaceutical drugs. So uh, being that there aren't a lot of alternative options to medicine in the states, I picked up education and I just kind Mm -hmm. of figured out that, you know, look, I'll just teach science until I find an avenue to actually practice medicine. And, um, you know, I was planning to go into acupuncture. Um, I looked into being a naturopathic doctor, many different things. And then I eventually very recently um, found my way into hijama. And so along that journey, as I mentioned, Mm -hmm. I was a teacher Mm -hmm. and I'm still a teacher now. So I think probably the common denominator that my wife and I share is that we are both lifelong learners. We both like studying, you know, she, you know, one of the things I always mention to her about is how she's always abreast of current events, you know, so she's a well-read individual. Um, And so that's kind of where we connect is we're both students. Even though we're adults, we're both very studious individuals.
0: Hmm. Beautiful. Um, and so Rochelle, when did the idea, when did you guys birth the idea? Did you birth it together to have the Institute, Mecca International?
3: So we, one of the things that, uh, about us and our family is that we try to do things that are practical, you know, that makes sense for, for the way that, that we live our lives and how, you know, we basically develop our family. Um, and so, you know, we've, um, you know, we want our kids to be able to, you know, have a good grounding and foundation for colleges. Let's go ahead and offer this to the community. You know, we like to farm, you know, we want to go ahead and have organic fruits and vegetables. We want to, you know, learn about animal husbandry and, you know, share it with our children. Let's, you know, how about we go ahead and open it up uh, to the broader community. And so um, with the um, inception of MEC International Institute, I remember, um, well, you know, we want we we started off as a summer camp and we um you know we have a, a, a nice size family and putting them all into summer camp is is uh is, is a whopper. You know, but we always you know, like that's your kids sitting at home all summer watching TV, you know, um, you know, playing video games is just not it's unheard of in, in the Abdul Malik household. And so um, we went ahead and decided, let's go ahead and create a program. Like I, like this is, you know, this particular part of of our um, business is really, what I'm really passionate about is like uh, the social programs and and offering things of of that nature. And so um, with starting the summer camp, you know, it's let's go ahead and get them together. Let's do something really, you know, um, engaging let's make it themed um and so we started off with the summer camp and it's just slowly developed you know we want to go ahead and learn arabic let's go ahead and do an arabic intensive and open it up to the community you know we want to um what else the hijama the hijama started off you know amazing. we yeah. have kids that have um um sickle cell anemia yeah. and so you know is excellent for that you know, now, really can
0: amazing. I can I ask a quick question about that Rochelle because um your husband just mentioned that that was his sort of passion because of his background and what he wanted to do. But then right. you're you're owning it. So did you did he have to convince you or is that just something you just saw the benefit in and because I just see how you guys individually <laughs> may have an interest but then you guys just align and jump on, on board with each other. Is right.
3: So you know Mashallah we it's always um you know a little give and take but it, it and i always say this it you know we do a lot of things that are practical and so with the hijama it was you know he can't he is able to do the you know he started off doing it on the children and we actually the first time we did it we was in saudi arabia we went ahead and we was in uh we're making it wasn't hajj it was we might have went on umar and we was in mecca and we had it done and then um you know Uh, We learned about the benefits of it, you know, how it's great for um, the people who have, you know, especially for people with um, blood disorders. And so um, because he is unable to do it on himself, I had to learn to do it. Got it. And so, you know, like, I think a lot of times with couples, you know, they just want to kind of like buck the system. You know, I'm not going to do it because he don't want me to do it. And he's telling me. It makes sense, you know we why have you go out and 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 pay and go to someone else when this is you know a great you know uh sooner to learn and to practice and to help out if you're down, I can do it, but what how it turned into something that we did business wise was that he was offering it to the brothers, and the brothers you know they were getting it, getting it and then there was like the wives were like, well, I want it, and then sisters were like, well hey, you know I want it but i don't want I don't want you know brother Tar to do it.' you know and so um that's how I kind of slipped in there it was he he has the love and the passion and the you know um background with if anyone sits and has a wellness consultation with him they're gonna be like wow you know because he really dedicates a large portion of his spare time into researching about health and wellness so when you say oh this is what's wrong with me He'll ask you questions that you never even thought were related to your your different um mm-hmm. ailments. So he he has the the passion and the the background and I'm the the doer. Like if you you know if they'll talk to her to him and he'll say, Okay, Rochelle, you know, you need to go ahead and do the cups here and do the cups here. And if they ask you any questions, this is what you need to go ahead and and, and tell them. So it's a whole um, balance. It's that it's relationship. Yeah.
0: It's, yeah, so you guys balance each other out. Wow. SubhanAllah. You know, I have a question. I'm going to ask you first, Brother Tariq. It's, it's, it's relative to, you know, our community, you know, our condition as it relates to marriage. You know, you guys have been married for 20 years. and Not only that, you guys have a, you know, mashallah, you guys um, see needs in the community and you offer it, right? What does it take um, for young Black men or Black men who are aiming to be focused and good husbands, what type of focus and discipline does it take in order to be able to move your family in a direction of being purposeful, being in in a direction of restoring and rebuilding their community, offering solutions to the community? What does it take for a husband to lead in that regard?
4: You know, I I believe, um, you know, since this is kind of Muslims here, majority, um, you know, we definitely believe believe in God, Allah. And so um, I definitely think that purpose is divine.
5: So, Mm -hmm.
4: you know, I I believe that um, the stronger your spiritual connection, the stronger the force you will have for your purpose in life. Um, I think that, you know, Allah will guide you exactly as to what you are supposed to be doing. And there will be a lot of challenges along that path to reinforce that this is what you're supposed to be doing. So sometimes people think that the challenges kind of, you know, are to steer you away, but really is to solidify you as to whether or not this is something you're supposed to be doing.
0: Oh, Brother Tark, that's so, I'm sorry, that's so deep. If you don't mind, I want to lean into that just a little bit more. Sure. When you said that, when you said the challenges that sort of come in the way of you walking in alignment with your purpose, that's the indicator that, that this is what you're supposed to be doing. That's right how does a person get that sort of perspective or understanding when these challenges occur?
4: So that that's that spirituality, you know, so Mm -hmm. the spirituality, we know the famous hadith that Allah tests those whom he loves and the prophets were tested the most. So, Mm -hmm. you know, this is kind of, if you're in line with that, then you know that, you know, as you get stronger and stronger, Allah is going to put stronger and stronger weights for you to lift.
0: Mmm. SubhanAllah. 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 JazakAllah. Um, JazakAllah Kaiden for that. Sister Rasha, I wanted to ask you as a woman, as a wife, um, just in thinking about all the roles that we play, you know, as mothers, as a wife, as a leader, but then you're, not only are you a helpmate to your husband, you're creating, you know, constantly. How does a Muslim woman, first of all, not lose her mind? How does she stay in alignment? How does she really give honor to all these roles? Like, how, how is it to be done, Rochelle? I don't know. <laughs> You're doing it.
3: <laughs> no, okay, no. So, um, you know, we like, so one thing about us is that we are like polar opposites. We are like the, the, the absolute opposite.
4: Cats and dogs. Cats
3: and dogs. You know, <laughs> when when he wants to go left, oil I want to go right. Oil. You know, he wants, you know, chocolate. I want vanilla. This So with that, what happens is that a lot of times when I feel, you know, just like I can't move on anymore, like I'm like, I'm done. You know, he's, yeah. you know, you can do this. You know, he'll, you know, bring some type of Islamic remembrance or he'll say, you know, you need a break or... And the same thing happens with him when he is like, you know, Rochelle, you know, I don't know what I'm gonna do or, you know, I'm I'm just, I'm tired, you know, I just wanna quit. You know, we just, I'm, you know, even though our being opposites, you know, can cause us to disagree. It also um, gives us a, a, a level of support when one is down, the other's up. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the, the roles with hats, we, we're still, we're still figuring that out, cause we, you know, it's we 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 roll with the punches. Is what it it really happens around yeah. here. Yeah, we roll with the punches. So you know, and it's it, it's it's a lot of punches sometimes. So we just gotta, you know, we gotta take that impact, and we gotta keep we gotta keep moving. We have to stay focused, you know. And a lot of times we can't we can't really be too consumed with like what's going on around us. You know, we can't look left and look right. We have to, you know, think about, you know, like, you know, what does Allah want me to be doing? What's the best? And that's one of the things that we try to instill in our kids is, you know, like, you know, you're getting upset or you don't know what you want to do in life. Well, you know, look at the prophets, look at his wives, you know, what are these, you know, cause, cause life changes, people changes, time changes. But you know, the examples that we have, you know, the Quran, it never changes. And so a lot of times, even though it, it might sound real superficial sometimes, like, oh, she's just so high and mighty. You know, this really like just I have to take my mind off of what's going around me and I have to stay focused on something that I, I, I know is solid and it's this is just what it is.
0: Yeah, subhanallah. You know, how, <laughs> what are some tips you can offer for um to, to the community for, for couples to stay committed? stay with it and you know because you guys have done so many different things i'm sure there's so been successes there's been challenges there's been felt there's been ups and downs throughout each endeavor how do you stay committed to your purpose like brother targ mentioned to each other like what are are some of the tips that you can offer
4: so you know i i actually um am very highly interested in what makes successful relationships (laughs) Okay. Um, and and even my brother friends, I'm constantly always asking them. You know, like you know, what happened in this situation? What's going on in this situation? What happened? So I'm getting all this information from my brothers. Some mm-hmm. of them who have been divorced. Some of them who have longer marriages than mine. Some of them that have shorter marriages than mine. And um, and so one of the things that that comes up pretty regularly is this concept of soulmates. You know mm. that. Okay, that sometimes two people they just are meant for each other, you know. Um, and, and that's very difficult to explain, but but sometimes two people they are just meant for each other, you know. They were just and when they meet each other, they put each other's soul at peace, you know, mm-hmm. almost like how a mother would feel if she lost her child. And when she gets reconnected with that child, she's just overwhelmed. That doesn't mean that she's not going to spank that child because mm-hmm. he does something wrong, it doesn't mean that child's not going to call mom bad names. It's gonna be some fighting along the way, but nonetheless that that connection is is what uh, is what we're after. And mm. some marriages, they just don't have the connection. You know, like it's just they're just very loose marriages. You know, it's not really they're just not really connected. You know, it may be some language barriers barriers, maybe, maybe the jokes that they tell aren't funny. The foods they cook they don't like, like whatever the connection is, they're just not there. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I've noticed about marriages that seem to work is that they just have that very, very strong connection, and and in addition to that, they respect each other's way of fighting, and that's say that really, again. Really I'm
0: sorry, say that again. <laughs> they they
4: respect each other's way of fighting, and that's actually really, really big because people fight differently. Yeah. So you might walk into my house and see me and my wife fighting and you're like, oh man, it's about the, you know, they about to get a divorce, but (laughs) we understand each other's fighting the same way that brothers and sisters understand each other's fighting. Like a a true brother and sister, they will have it out. But then the next day, they, they back cool, you know, or maybe the next week or so. So I think that's really, really important. People call it love languages, but it's yeah. fight language also like you have to know each other's love language, but you have to also know each other's fight language.
0: Dang, I never heard that brother talk, but that's really <laughs> very, uh, I think, dead on because <laughs> I mean, really, yeah, I mean, because how many of us are challenged because we are not meeting each other in terms of conflict, right? You know, how many of us are, there's so many breakdowns as it relates to us just not being able to, you know, handle conflict. So I really appreciate that. That was very insightful. Um, Rochelle, what do you think it takes for, for um, as women, what tips would you offer Muslim women or young Muslim wives as it relates to just staying committed? Because it could be tough out here, sis. These brothers, they, you know, they'd be, they be a trip. It's tough in here too. I'm just- <laughs> <laughs> right now. So, um, I understand the way y'all fight. Now go ahead. Bridget.
3: Right. So, you know, it's, you know, like, um, you, I, I, I think that, you know, like from one of the things I think when you decide to get married, you have to think, okay, I'm marrying this person. I'm marrying this man and this man is going to, you know be my leader. And he's going to be making a lot. He's going to have the final say in a lot of decisions that are going to be made. So I need to make sure that I trust this person. I need to make sure that when I'm upset and I, you know, really am at my end, that I'm I'm still going to be okay with, with whatever, you know, decisions that he makes, you know, and that doesn't make me any less of a person. That doesn't make me this empowered, you know, you know, disenfranchised woman, that this is just and what it is and, and i think a lot of people go into marriage thinking okay you know i'm mad at him i don't have nothing to do with him no more you know he's you know doing or saying things i i don't agree with but what i mean when you first went into it did you not you know consider this did y'all not have you know con, you know talk about these things um before you sat down and I know another thing you gotta you ever seen that that little cartoon where it's got the the butterfly and the and the and the guy says, Oh, you've changed. Yeah. You know, We married for a long time. People do change. We've been married since um I was 18 years old when I got married. Wow. I was like two he months before him. I was 19. And so we've been married for a long time. We've grown up together. Right. You know, we you know, so I you you got a 19 year old telling you what to do. And you know, women um mature faster than me. So I'm just saying you you gotta you gotta be real practical, you gotta be understanding, you gotta realize that like this is you know, you get married, y'all are family now, you don't divorce your family, you don't break up your family, you know, um you gotta swallow your pride a lot, a whole lot. And um, so um, you know, I just think and you gotta stay grounded, like what you know if i decide that this is not gonna work is that worse than me trying to fight through it and staying together
0: mm, wow so you literally have to think about that weigh those you two do, you
3: do you know yeah. so and and you know at the end of the day he's a good guy you know i know that he wants what's best i know that he he loves lot, and he you know that's i think that this man right here he has he Tries to you know refer to the sunnah as much as he can and as much as I I can bear, he will <laughs> go ahead and try you know. So I, I I you know I can't I can't get mad with that. Like, well, how am I going to go in front of a line and say, you know what, I didn't like him because he told me to uh, use mishwak to brush my teeth. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, how am I going to go in front of a line and say, you know, he was trying to wake me up in the middle of the night to make the hajj. You know, like what what type of person am I to get upset with that? now mm-hmm. uh, the package that it comes in as my mom says sometimes that might be a little little different but you know like it might be hard to swallow but you just i think that just um you got to be patient you got to understand the, the other person's intentions and you, you know mm-hmm. don't take everything so personal
0: mm. Yeah, best advice, it's interesting, Michelle. You said that because that was something a friend said to my, to me recently where she was saying, As women, we, we kind of sometimes have a tendency to overthink and taking so many things personal, but sometimes you just got to leave it right where it is, right on the surface, just leave it right there. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Save you a lot of time. I think you'll
3: still be mad, and he won't even be thinking about it. Be done, and like, and he'll be like, Um, can you give me something to drink? And you're like, What, right. you know, like you just said this a couple of you know, a couple of minutes ago, you've forgotten about us, it. I'm it's still with.
0: <laughs>
3: right, so, you know, right, and so and why keep why keep you know fighting over them
0: you right. know, it's, not, it's not worth it it's not worth the up. argument all right you guys so we're at this um we're at the segue where we are going to you guys are going to debunk a few myths um as it relates to marriage partnership entrepreneurship um I, so the way it works is is that you know i make a statement you say whether you agree or disagree true or false and then you give context as to why so you guys will individually answer your answers are, do not have to align or be the same. All right, so my first one is, is um, <clears throat> successful, economically successful black men are more inclined to marry outside of the black race. Oh.
4: You first, sister.
0: Oh. What's that, brother Tariq, come on. <laughs> You know, I
3: think that's more of a personality thing. I don't think that, that that's the sole thing. I think that, you know, if you, you are a very, you know, um, I think sometimes men, oh, yeah. and I don't want to be offensive and please forgive me a lot, mm-hmm. forgive me. But a lot of times when you have these, you know, mm-hmm. I guess very um, charismatic, uh, you know, I'm going to do things my way. They're going to want someone who's a bit, you know, maybe a little less, a little less bite. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. And so with that, Sometimes I think that that that's you know I'm I'm gonna be gone for a week. When I come home, I really don't want to have you. I don't want you to say anything to you know. We're just gonna. So I think that I don't. You know, I think that might be it, but I don't think that that's it across the board. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that what has to do with economics. Often times, what it is, and okay. I think that you have you know like these uh, brothers, the, the couple that just came in. I you know I'm amazed at what you know they enterprise that they have but you know you do have a lot of of african-american men who love their african-american sisters i mean if you don't love them then you're basically hating yourself because that's your mom that's your sister that's your grandma that's your auntie so
4: you know you know i i would like to um add a a little bit of a different insight um just speaking to the single women that i know Mm -hmm. and just the single women that, that i know a lot of them don't really want to come into a relationship and and be like a partner. Like, okay, you mm. you you coming with this? I'm coming with this. You know, we we're gonna build stronger. A lot of the Muslim single women that I know come into the relationship like, you the man, you got to handle this. Mm. And so I think you know, as my as my wife has kind of alluded to if that package also comes with some baggage, then, you know, a brother may say, well, look, this sister here from this other race, she might not be contributing business-wise, but she don't have all the baggage either. So that package for many, it it may turn out to be, you know, a, a easier package to, to deal with.
0: Hmm. Okay. Whoa, We're getting juicy. All right. Okay. So, um, so that leads me to my next statement. Nowadays, both men and women need to contribute financially to the household in order for the union to withstand the economic economic pressures of today's time.
4: Yeah. And so that, that kind of piggybacks on what I was just saying, you know, so again, like when I, when I look at the, when I look at the single sisters, you know, just the ones that I know, I don't know a lot, but just the ones that I know the mentality that, um, how about we take it to another picture? So when you look at the non-Muslim single sisters, they're very much we building, you know, like you you doing that? Okay, yeah, for sure, I'm coming with this, you know. Um, and I think that that financial partnership, it appears as if they get it a little better. For for Muslims, it appears as if for the single Muslim sisters they either already have their own thing and they're very stuck on, this is my thing, this is my baby, I'm gonna nurture this, I don't need you getting in the way, you know, you can go over there and do this, this is mine, you know, but as far as, you know, coming together and really trying to create a baby, a business baby, um, I just don't see it enough amongst Muslims, you know, I don't mm. see it enough.
5: And so you- I think,
4: that, I think the, the trickle effect of that is that, um, you get a lot of separation financially you know you get a okay. lot of his money is his money my money is my money you know we kind of just make it work and um and that that may pose some problems as well you know but when you have kind of um when you can have a joint business
3: I'm looking at Sakina's comment. I'm sorry No go ahead sorry
4: we listening go ahead yeah but when you when you have kind of like a, a joint business um, that you're kind of building together, it it helps with the finances, but even more so it helps with the relationship as
0: well. So, so let me just make sure I understand. So are you, are you saying that you do feel though in order for a union to work, both should come in with a mindset of contributing financially? Is that what I'm hearing brother Tart?
4: I think that, um, so I think in this day and age, yes, I think that the women who come into the, the picture they should it's well, you have different relationships. So you have one relationship where you have some men, they got it right. They they come to the, the plate and they say, Look, I, I got my house, I got my car, and I have enough to share. I have enough to create this nest for you, mm-hmm. right? The nest has already been built for you. You can come on in, lay your eggs if you like, whatever you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. I can invite you in, but I don't think that's the majority of the situations, I think that that's the minority. And I think a lot of couples struggle because they think that that is the majority. And that's really just a minority situation. I think the majority situation is that we are Um, Mm ex-slaves. I think that we suffer financially. I think we suffer from what I call family deficit disorder. I think we have a lot of broken homes. And I Mm -hmm. think that that trickles over into financial um, difficulty.
0: So um, okay, and I, I know your segment is ending, but of course we're always gonna get juicy. But Sister Betsy said a lot of brothers have it in the in the UMA where they want sisters that are frugal and fit.
4: And I understand that, you know, because okay. I had, yeah, so we had we had a conversation about this. Um, you know, I I in one week I had like three brothers to tell me how they wanted uh women that were like financially stable. And it happened in like one week. Okay. And then like you me the, was,
0: bomb, the bomb aesthetically too,
4: is that? Yeah, true? right, right. The whole everything, right. Mm-hmm. So, so, this happened in like one week, and then like, would really. So they were they were all strange comments. Like the first brother, he was told me like, I want to get married, right? And I said, okay, I got a sister for you. So I introduced him to the sister, and he was like, how much money does she make? And I was like, you know, I, I don't really know. Like she's not really doing too funny. much of this. He was like, nah, it ain't gonna work out.
0: Oh, I was kind of like, know. I didn't know we was doing that. We doing right. a new no, show? Listen,
4: I mean, this is like, this is a brother who was close to me, right? It's a brother who was, who was close to me. And so I was kind of like perplexed. I kind of like, I said, so, um, you know, so like you, you want her to be kind of like working and stuff. He was like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm not going to handle such so just coming, just using up all my stuff. Just, you know, just this, that, and the other. So I tried to hear him out and I was like, okay. You know, cause I'm that type of person. I try to hear everybody out. So that was one situation. Then I had another brother, and you know he was like, he's looking for, um, he's looking for a job, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, all right, so I said, you know, what do you want to do? What's kind of like your, your purpose in life? He's like, I want to sell bean pies. I was like, okay, cool. I know a sister who makes, like, the bomb bean pies. I can hook you up with her, you know? And so then, like, a couple of days later, I asked him, I said, brother, did you, did you call the sister up and, and see if you can get the bean pie stuff? He was like, nah, you know, I'm, I'm okay. And I was like, so you got a job? And keep in mind he's not working and he's married. Right. So I was like, mm-hmm. so did you did you did you get something? He was like, nah, I'm okay. You know, my wife been holding me down this long. So you know, I, I think I can I can uh I can go a little bit longer. And so the both of these kinds, of, and it was another situation I'm not even gonna bring on the, the show because yeah, I, I can't take no more <laughs> right. <laughs> so I got my capacity over here. So what I ended up doing is I asked, um, I asked a sister because I was perplexed on it. I said, um, i asked his sister i said so you know these brothers are saying they want a khadijah that's the language they use they say i want a khadijah somebody who she she holding her own she gonna support me you know so i so i asked his sister i said so when you hear that these brothers are looking for a khadijah like what does that mean to you as as an elderly sister what does that mean to you and she basically broke it down she was like that you know for for a woman to give her wealth to a man that's that's very honorable but that should not be the, the default, you know, it should not be what, uh, what sustains you all, you know, it, the man's wealth is obligatory that the man's wealth be used for the maintenance. And if he needs his wife's wealth, then it should be an open request. It should be understood that it's sodica. you know, these types of things should be put in place. So what I, what I think um, ends up happening from all of this, I think that, you know, I think a lot of things get lost in language is what I think happens. I think sometimes the way the brothers explain it, they explain it in a way that the sisters don't really, I'm not going to say they don't understand it, but maybe there's just, it's, it's lost in the, in the language. I think really what it comes down to, I think that some of these men that are struggling just simply want help, you know, and maybe they're too embarrassed to ask, maybe, you know I don't know but I think that they but just some are they doing
0: their part though We said they need help and, and, and I, I'm so sorry I apologize to, to the next couple I know we're a little bit late but we're going to culminate this I do want to just ask Rochelle really quickly because you've seen real neutral over here what, what are your thoughts about this with this this kind of new era and and what's Because this is about our economic condition. Now, this is so important though. And I'm gonna bring in, when our next couple in you guys are gonna complete the conversation, but this is so important because this is about our economic condition. How are we gonna rebuild if we don't rebuild our mindsets? If we don't restructure the way we think about money and economics. Mm-hmm. But I wanna know, Rochelle, what are, what are you, some of your thoughts? Just chime in here.
3: Um, <clears throat> remember when I said that before you get married, you need to know um, what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> That that I think that's very important. You know, what are your ideas on finances? Because there's some sisters that are just fine with being on Section 8 and being number two, three and four. And the brother's OK with that. I think that, that if that works for you, then you go ahead and that's that's, you know, you like it. I'm not going to say I love it, but that's what's going on in your household. And I'm not it's not uh, I'm not privy <clears throat> to, to talk about that. But um, I think that if you want to be in a relationship where you know you want him to be taking care of everything and you get to you know sit at home then I I think honestly I think that's from culturally that's something that that needs to be talked about you know I think that you know different cultures have different ideas about how marriages should look but I think that marriage contract needs to be you know really tight before you get married and that you need to that needs to be talked about I mean I I mean because I I'm not going to go ahead and sit here and down talk anybody else's is relationship because I know that my relationship is not perfect but I think that when you go into a marriage you need to go ahead and and, and iron that out Yeah. because I don't even when my daughter got married you know it was okay so what you know what's the plan you know did y'all talk about this did you talk about that how are you gonna you know how you gonna make decisions because when you come back to me a month a year 10 years from now i must say but when you marry him that's what y'all decided y'all was gonna do you know i can give you advice and i can try to help you through it but i think that before you go in you know and and have children and start building this life together you need to realize you really need to look into who you're marrying what their family is like and and before you make that you know don't you know the, the idea of I'm just going to know you for about two months. We're going to date, you know, uh, or be intended and and get married and not really know what you're getting into is, is very important. And you need to know what you're what what are you willing to uh um to, yeah. to handle? Uh,
0: for, yeah, no handle. And I you know I appreciate that. So we're going we're going to we're going to end this here because mm-hmm. um we're a little bit over time with your segment. But Subhanallah, I really appreciate this dialogue because. It, it speaks to a, a greater issue, which is, which is mindset. I mean, you guys, Mashallah, are at a point, you know, you guys have an Institute, masha'Allah, you know, it's, it's more than just a business, you know, it's a, it's an endeavor that, um, offers sustainability for a community. You know what I mean? Like this is part of the far, the far, to you guys are fulfilling a communal obligation through the business that you're structuring. So may Allah elevate and bless you guys. And so, but that mm-hmm. takes an elevated mindset to get there. But we're still at the place where we're trying to figure out who's doing what, and if I could, you know, sell this on the side of the road, and I'm not doing nothing, or I'm not helping him, and he better do. Then I'm wondering, are we going to move the needle as it relates to rebuilding our economic structure? Mm-hmm. Because it will require sacrifices on both sides. Mm-hmm. So and I what? think
4: that you know, yeah. one of the things that's missing is that the key word is compatibility. Yeah. You know, as, as my wife mentioned, you know, every marriage, every relationship is is different. So you may have like I, I know a brother who was locked up and he ended up marrying a, a lawyer, you know, and that was like really weird to me. Like, how can you be locked up and be pulling a lawyer? You know, but there was there was compatibility in that relationship. I might not have been able to understand it, but there was compatibility. Yeah. So that's the thing when it comes to finances, is that there has to be financial compatibility. And it has to be roles. So, you know, this person plays this this role, that person plays this role. As long as there's compatibility, then there's always kind of hope that the marriage can work out.
0: SubhanAllah. JazakAllah kainan. Thank you for being here. Uh, my dear Malika, if we could drop uh, Mecca Institute's tag, can we just really quickly let people know um, what they when they go to this website, how they can support you guys?
4: So the, the best way to support us, um, we do have an active GoFundMe going on to help us to build out our building. Um, so if you just go to GoFundMe and type in Mecca Institute, you can find it that way. Um, we're on Instagram, Mecca underscore Institute. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. So probably our two most popular pages are Instagram and Facebook.
3: Um, and also, so we, one of the things I think um, I'm not going to be long, Sabria. Uh, So we we did when the pandemic started. We started a virtual school, and like I said, we do things that's um, uh, we're able to use for ourselves. And you know, we was homeschooling. We're both professional educators. We're certified through the the, through the state. We've taught overseas. We taught adults. We taught children, and so we decided to start this virtual school. You know, for people who during the pandemic didn't like what the public schools were offering. But we do have an online K through 12 public school we're going through the process of getting um uh accredited through cognia and so you know for those people who are um looking for you know that type of of uh, service that is something that that we are offering we have some really great teachers we do some really great project-based learning activities with the kids and um it's not just virtual you know we have um extracurricular activities that the kids get to see each other uh, on the weekends
0: Okay, so again, another call to action, please make sure you go and support, you know, subhanAllah, even if you can't put your kids in a virtual school, which I encourage you to look into that and to do that, go ahead and support the GoFundMe, offer, you know, some contribution tonight, go and do that tonight, because a lot of times if we don't do it right now, when we think about it, we don't end up doing it. So go ahead and support the Institute, support what they're doing. Again, they are taking on the responsibility that, that we all have on our shoulders. We all have a communal obligation to um, um, offer education for the next generation. So they are taking on that load for us. They're taking that responsibility off of some of our shoulders when we are held, um, when we're asked about this on the day of Yom Kiyama. So for that reason and that reason alone, you should support the endeavor. May Allah bless both of you guys. Inshallah, I look forward yeah, to talking know. to you guys soon. Thank you for a robust dialogue. Assalamualaikum. Thank you, Woo! Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, I'm sorry to the next couple. I know I'm so sorry, y'all. You know, I get distracted when certain things are said. I appreciate the audience for holding me down with my trigger faces. I was trying, but I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what's going on in these straights. All right, subhanallah. All right, let's go ahead and bring up our next dope amazing couple. Hey Bye, how, are you doing? how are you guys doing? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I'm good, like, good. I'm so sorry about the delay. The I know you know it was you know, a good topic. You. I
6: don't blame you. We were it we up too and then <laughs> laughing at the comments. It was too sure. good. I love Rochelle,
2: <laughs> they are
6: hilarious. Not. They're doing I'm amazing, not. amazing work. So, real dope, um, gems that Tariq Tariq uh dropped on us.
0: Yeah, so, for real. I don't mind. Okay, let me go ahead and introduce this amazing couple that I have right here. With us, this um, amazing sister who I've had the privilege of knowing for several years, she is an e-commerce supply chain specialist. And um, our dear brother, he is a human design engineering consultant. You know, they do big things. I don't even know what that is. They, um, they have an unexpected HBCU love story starting from the Tuskegee University 14 years ago. Since the beginning, they were often reminded that their love was a display, a representation, and their and the beauty of the design of Islam's boundless construct around partnership. Their purpose continues to evolve as they nurture their children to grow in love with their faith as their, is it Hyderabadi, an African-American Muslim-born Americans. Um, if they had to define their ultimate purpose of their union, it was to be an example of how Islam expands the list of potential partners once you go beyond the comfort of your culture, race, and nationality. They want to represent why removing these boundaries impacts the Muslim communities and family dynamics. I wanted to officially welcome Sister Kendra and Brother Mohammed to the Adult Muslim Woman Podcast. So happy to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you guys for being here. SubhanAllah. So you guys you know, do re- represent, you know, a unique, um, you guys are, have an intercultural union, right? But it started at a HBCU. So can we start there? First of all, Brother Mama, mm-hmm. what was you doing over there? <laughs> what, was, what happened? What was go- <laughs> Tell so, me the story.
5: Uh, yeah. So my father has actually been working at Tuskegee University since the early seventies.
6: Mm. So
5: uh, he's actually about to turn 82 this year, still working there. Um, coming up on 50 years working at that HBCU. So he started off as a professor, moved up to a dean. Uh, Currently, he's the vice president for research and sponsored programs. So uh, that's what led me to Tuskegee. Um, When I was in high school, I actually did an early graduation program. Um, So I started taking classes at Tuskegee while I was in high school and liked it and stuck around for a while. And uh, yeah, that's how we met. So I actually knew her mother. Several years before I met her, um, because growing up in high school, I would do summer programs and work study programs at the university. And uh, her mom was responsible for uh, cutting paychecks.
3: Mm, uh, she, okay. was, she,
5: she works in accounts payable. <laughs> our parents are our, my, my dad and her mom have known each other for 20 year, plus years. So, um, you know, I, I had met her mom when I was still in high school and then happened to meet her on Facebook. Years later, and um, the following semester, we actually had classes together. So that's when we met on met in person on campus.
0: Wow! So what was that meeting like, um, Kendra? What What happened? (laughs) The story goes: so there, he saw me
6: in the distance, and Mm -hmm. I I was a mutual friend. And he made a couple of comments about my outfit and he was like oh no nah, man she's really cool she's really dope i was super flamboyant at the time i had on probably had on some like jordans and some booty shorts i was out here you know i was <laughs> doing my thing so um uh he was like no you know she's really cool she's real dope you should get to know her and then from there he's like okay i'll hit her up so before there were dms there was facebook messages and next thing i know i'm getting a friend chorus and Asking to get to know me and I really didn't pay attention until we had a class together And that's when I started to notice him and we ended up having Orientation together then moved on to and this is Tuskegee, right? So it's a really small campus our parents both work there then the word started circulating that you know We were being seen together a lot and we ended up growing to really like each other and hanging out with him he was giving dawah to a friend. I started learning more about Islam and it just kind of blossomed for there. It was kind of an unintentional friendship, but it was something that was in the making the whole time, really. And we didn't realize that until after we started to, um, you know, get to know each other better.
0: Mm, SubhanAllah. So you guys have a business together. I want to make sure I get this right. It is a tech driven f- fulfilling company or am I getting that wrong? Tell me, tell me about the business that you guys own.
6: So we actually help scale e-commerce brands. I am a supply chain management specialist specifically for e-commerce brands, and he's a human engineer designer. And that goes from anything from production to how things are used. I have the pizzazz and the personality and I love helping and aiding um, businesses and brands and solutions. And he has all this wonderful brain power to get the technical details right. So we basically formed our strengths together to help consult, manage and scale businesses efficiently and effectively. So um it's very new as far as the official partnership, but we've been doing a couple of projects in the background and we finally got into a position comfortable enough to like come out to the world with what we've been able to help some brands accomplish.
0: Wow. Subhanallah. So you guys always had complimentary, you know, in a sense, um, positions or careers, but now you decided to merge them together. Exactly.
6: I exactly.
0: Yeah. What went into that decision?
6: Um, well. Success. Um, we, I started out, I was working for a tech fulfillment company and reaching out to these many entrepreneurs. I made it my business to reach out to people of color because I was working for a great company and I wanted to help them. wanted to learn how they were currently doing things. And the common denominator between all of those is just a lack of knowledge, a lack of what's being done by the bigger companies, mm-hmm. the lack of know-how to do things smarter. Um, so I would, you know, Offer to help them outside of the prospecting side. And we bumped into a couple of entrepreneurs that had some specific challenges. Um, I chimed him in on those issues, whether it was designing a concept or bringing a concept to market. We were able to successfully do that, but we really did it like as pro bono just to see is this something that we can do? Mm -hmm. And we realized that there are a lot of small online businesses that. Aren't coming into fruition as they should because they just aren't doing smart enough, or maybe they just don't have the expertise. They're really good at making body butters, they're really good at health and wellness, they're really good at making these products. But now they're coming to the point where they need to scale. And it's like, how do we do that? You know, how do we run our numbers? Um, how do we effectively build healthy work cultures? Because I've never had to manage a team of people before. Am I divvying out my work and my labor properly? So it really depends on what type of business and what type of expertise the person has. Um, We just kind of chime in and help point them in the right direction. And if need be, we can get very um, specialized or specific with the solutions that they need.
0: Hmm, it's
6: Woof, power that's powerful. It's really powerful. <laughs> we love um, it. We love a good yeah. challenge. And we love to see um, you know, people of killer um businesses grow because it's very important to our community. So we feel like we're doing something impactful and we're also, you know, um tapping into um expertise that a lot of people of color really aren't getting into, into as well on a professional level.
0: Mashaullah. So I want to ask a few questions. First one I wanted to ask is because you're an intercultural marriage, I wanted to know what challenges have you experienced or faced as it relates to being in an intercultural, cultural, um, marriage and a relationship? What did what have you heard or had to deal with from the black community versus the, is it, is it hydro Am I saying that right? Hyderabadi, body. body. community. What, what challenges have you had to endure? Honestly, um,
6: I'm one of the rare where our story is kind of rare. We had an extra pleasant union um in the bumpy in the beginning it was kind of rough because you have the typical stereotypes from my family you know they were just kind of weary of what men from this culture expect in a wife and um was I going to be able to achieve my dreams because they just automatically knew like you're only going to be a housewife and things Mm. of this nature you're not going to be able to really pursue what you your talents and what you want to do For his side, you know, I think um, specifically for his mom, she was just really looking to connect with someone from her culture, which I totally get, understand and respect. Someone that speaks the language on it because he's the baby boy. And I guess that was like her last hope because everyone else um, had interracial marriage as well. His older sister and his older brother had an interracial marriage as well. So she was really looking forward to that. Um, But, you know.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but, no, did you have a preference for african-american women or it was just about kindred yeah i did <laughs> <laughs> and his mom didn't know that <laughs> tell the truth right <laughs> his mom didn't
3: know that
6: matter of fact this is a story my uncle because he grew up on campus just like me a tuskegee baby our parents worked on campus so we grew up on campus um, my uncle observed him and my cousin checking the girls out walking by on campus. And he was like, yeah, he's going to marry a black girl, but he didn't know it was going to be his niece. So like <laughs> everything just came full circle. <laughs> so
0: wow, yeah. <laughs> wow. a a uh, so, okay. So I'm wondering, um, well, we do have a question really quick about your business. Um, Sister Betsy said, do companies need to be making X amount of sales before accessing your services?
6: No. Okay. No. Um, if you just have a concept, you have an idea. Let's explore that. Let's unbox that and see what the potential is. You know, if it's a device, if it's whatever, we just we do a, a thorough diagnostics first of what your idea is. If you have a brand already and it's really struggling, let's get down to the bottom of what you need to get to the goal that you want to meet. And if you are scaling and you have a really successful business, but you're looking to go international, let's explore what your supply chain is to look like in order for you to accomplish that in a cost efficient way. So different levels, different ideas, different thoughts, you know, and if it's something outside of our box, we try to get you to someone that could help you a little bit better because a lot of people have really great ideas. But Mm -hmm. the execution and the strategy is um, often what's missing. And everyone isn't a busy business savvy person. We're all trying to figure it out. Um, But you burn so much time and energy and resources making mistakes. We just kind of want to help reduce those mistakes and reduce those errors as you continue to try to find your groove, find your niche, and um, get on your way. So thank you for that question. Great question.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so I wanted to note this because, I mean, we started this conversation a little bit. Um, with Tarek and Michelle, but we're talking about just sort of the the struggles or the challenges that we're facing as a community, you know. As we know, as Black people here, you know, we have the um, um, the circumstance where we were sort of targeted economically. Even when we began to rebuild post-slavery, our economic structures, it was, you know, we were targeted, we were attacked. And more importantly, our mindsets were attacked. There were structures put in place to break down the Black family union, to um, impact our economic, you know, structure. Because if you break down the, the husband and the wife or the man and the woman coming together, then you definitely breakdown economics. You guys work in the field where you actually target, you know, um, companies um, um, that you said people of color. So I'm wondering, what are some of the mindset issues that you believe as it relates to entrepreneurship, as it relates to like really stepping out there, rebuilding the economic structure? What are some of the mindset issues that you feel like we as a people need to need to navigate? What are you seeing out there?
6: The number one thing is you can't do it all. Mm. You have to Asking for help. You have to ask for help. Yeah. yeah. You have to outsource some things. We go into a business thinking that we're gonna handle everything from A to Z and it's just not feasible. Um, and I think we often burn out before we really get going. Um, or we start focusing on things that really aren't essential to growing a healthy brand that's attractive for retail placement, for wholesale po- being positioning to be able to handle wholesale contracts and distributor contracts. Um, we have to really think outside the box at what we're good at, what we need help with and owning that and mm-hmm. finding the best way to to um, to approach that. And, but that is the number one mindset just Get out of the I have to do everything myself um, and hustling hard is like this badge of honor as well, especially in our community. Yeah. Um, staying up late nights, packing all these orders and we praise it because we love to see someone working hard for their dreams. And there's nothing more that we want to do than to support someone working hard out there for their dreams. But you also have to think about is it scalable? Is this business can I continue to do this for the next twelve yeah, years? Um, I think that's a mindset we kind of have to grow out of. Outsourcing mm-hmm. and not doing everything yourself is just not a feasible for the long term.
0: Mm, beautiful, beautiful advice. Um, Sister Betsy said a lot of communities were targeted economically, and definitely requires a special kind of female to deal with the aftermath of the results. in men would say you as a regard as, as in relationship to that. And your Brother Tarek was talking a little bit about you know, how there are some mindsets as it relates to being willing to rebuild economically amongst Black men and um, the expectation as it relates to Black women and and having to endure that. Or what do you feel is required as a woman, um, Kendra asking you this, um, to help support, and this is just a general advice, right? This may not be your particular situation, but what is required for Black women in order to help support Um, There are men as it relates to entrepreneurship, as it relates to building, rebuilding economically, like what would say you in regards to this?
6: I think the main thing um, for the role as a woman is to just how can I best say this? I think it's important to not I don't want to say know your place because that's not what I mean by know your place. But Mm -hmm. depending on your strengths and your skills and how you can best be an accessory um, that's what we need to focus on, and allow your men to lead their vision, yeah. and you bringing in what he's not good at. For example, like he, I, I've known he's been talented for a long time, and it took me to really push him to build that website and start consulting and getting some independent contracts instead of working, you know, your butt off for all the companies that you work for. You can do this on the side, you know, side hustle. Do a couple of hours for a couple of businesses but he didn't see himself in that position to do that but after showing him how other consultants are doing it i was able to encourage him to push that vision forward and to maximize his talents and then i'm like i'm gonna use you too so Sorry. um <laughs> so um just knowing what your specialty is and assessor uh, um assisting him with that strength that's the best way for you guys to become a dynamic duo and to push mm-hmm. the whole vision forward it's just yeah. like what
5: makes, a, what makes a marriage successful. I mean, a woman and a man complement each other. So I think when it's a business partnership, it's the same thing. Um, yeah. Women are naturally good at certain things. They're they're good at building relationships. They're good at identifying patterns and, and habits. And mm. those are things that men may not be as good at, just generally speaking. Um, so, yeah, I think identifying what strengths and weaknesses each have And complementing one another is what makes us strong and powerful. Um, So I think that's business, you know, marriage, any type of relationship.
0: So do you feel like, did it take a lot for you to um, be inclined to her advice? Did you have to really see it, you know, what she was suggesting before leaning into what she thought you should or what she thought you should lean into, which was consulting? Did it or did you just really just?
5: So, so I actually, I actually started my career consulting, but that was consulting for a firm. Right. Um, And then I left consulting about five or six years ago and just started working for companies. And um, she was encouraging me to do it on my own. Um, I knew I could consult. I I had done it for years. It it wasn't about me knowing that I could do it. It was if I wanted to do it. Mm. Um, Because I already knew what all consulting required. I already knew you know, the travel, the hours, the managing clients and relationships, I I already had seen all of that. So it wasn't as much as her telling me I could do it, but I guess motivating me to do it. And um, my independent consulting really took off when she started bringing business in and she started gaining momentum and putting me on projects and I started helping her and that kind of built that momentum for that part of the business for me
0: subhanallah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So that's, I'm hearing a lot of that, that that alignment piece is really vital and just being like you said, that compliment, and some support to each other's vision, to each other's purpose and uh, moving and forging forward in that direction. So I wanted us to debunk a couple of myths. There's some dialogue going on in the comments, because I think people are still kind of going back and forth as it relates <laughs> to the mindset as um, far as economics. But I did want to go ahead and see if we can um, get your perspective. So again, I'm going to make a statement. You're going to say whether you agree or disagree and get, offer some context to it, inshallah. So um, most Black marriages or most marriages tend to fail due to financial challenges and lack of vision or, and direction.
6: I want to say true. Okay. Um, financial stress yeah. is something else, um, especially in the Black community. Like, we're already fighting to keep your head above water and then add financial stress on top of that, add nurturing a uh, marriage on top of that. Um, the vision is necessary in order for you to be financial, su- financially successful, right? Like, yeah. what are you going after? If you don't have a vision. So if you're already stressing financially, you're probably not in a position to work the best jobs or to go after your entrepreneurial endeavors because you're already financially strained. Or maybe you're going after your your entrepreneurial endeavors and you're financially strained and your partner doesn't agree. That's where your focus should be right now. So Mm -hmm. neither one of you are aligned on what the current priority is and it snaps, it breaks. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, just considering the the lack of wealth and knowledge and know-how in the Black community as far as entrepreneurship goes, we don't have a lot of friends and family that own businesses. Like We're really yeah. out here trying to figure everything out on our own, which is mm-hmm. why we thought it was important to, to do this work because we can give you direct to the point answers. And a lot of people just don't have that available. So if you have a vision and you're already financially strained, if you're not aligned on struggling through it or getting to that next step, then it's 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 not going to last. It's not going to last.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's true. OK, so I want to ask this statement um, again. And I'm going to start if I can start with you, Brother Mohammed. Um, in order for and now in current times, in order for. A household to be economically successful, especially one that doesn't come from generational wealth, both the husband and the wife need to c- contribute financially.
5: I would say it depends. It depends okay. on what type of lifestyle you want to live. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen families with seven, eight, nine, ten children and modest incomes, and they make they make it work, and they're mm-hmm. happy. Um, other families, you know, desire. A different type of lifestyle. Um, I think in this day and age, it, it's very difficult to run a family household and live at the level of Western comfort on one income. It, it's very difficult. Even one six figure income, it's 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 not enough um, to live a traditional lifestyle. Now, if you live a frugal lifestyle and find happiness in in the simple things, then then you know you may be able to do it. So I think times are changing, um, mm-hmm. not necessarily the the roles of each gender, but it's it's hard. It's hard to do off one income.
6: Families want more. They want to give their children more. We have we're putting our kids in private school. Yeah, I mean
5: two thousand dollars a month for yeah. tuition for Islamic school. I mean that's it's hard. So yeah. I think yeah. uh, I think the uh, the couple has to align on what their expectations for lifestyle is how they're going to manage their finances and then make that decision if one income is enough or if you need to. But even in a one income family, um I think both both parties play a role there. So yeah. even if I'm the breadwinner, I mean, she's still my support system. Yeah. She's still holding things down here while I'm out there doing what I need to do. So um I I, I don't even look at it like one person is a breadwinner and one's, one's not. If, if it's a one income household, the the one that's not earning is supporting the other one and supplementing where they can't be present. So yeah, I, I think my answer would be, it depends on the family. It depends on their goals. It depends on their lifestyle and their outlook.
0: Mm-hmm. SubhanAllah. I appreciate that. That was really a balanced, a very balanced answer. JazakAllah Qaeda. And I wanted to just um, take a moment to um, honor your business. Um, like, I think, do we have the Okay. Okay. So we want to go ahead and make sure that people know. I know a couple people um, were interested because a lot of people listening in are entrepreneurs or are in that realm. So um, tell us a little bit about where we can find you and what people can obtain from you if they reach out, Kendra.
6: Yes. um, You can hit my IG handle, hype me up, Kendra. I do a lot of um, influential things. I do a lot of Dawa on TikTok. I know that might sound cheesy, but
5: it's it crazy yeah. how much informate
6: how information travels, um, but we're working on a website. Like I said, we're very new, like coming out to the world. So you guys are the first to see us, like come out publicly doing this. Um, I have some success stories for you guys. If you guys hit me up, hit me up in my DMs right now until I have a formal website. Um, I'll be happy to help and assist you guys and hear your ideas out and get some money in your pockets. We're ready.
0: Insha'Allah. Inshallah. Thank you guys both for coming on the show, the platform, Inshallah. sharing your wisdom and your insight. And I'm hoping that with people like you, which is so vital, I mean, because many of us, have, like you said, have ideas. We want to be entrepreneurs. We want to create, like we have the amazing couple on the brownages we got mecca institute but we need people like you that are there to help us bring it all like you said scale yeah, it and make it yeah. bring it all into fruition and things like that we need people that understand are uh, the challenges that that we face as a people culturally um, and so we really want i really want to encourage you guys to reach out i really want to encourage you guys to explore hit up like i said pick um kendra and brother muhammad's brain as it relates to this we like i said we need I think they said something so vital is that a lot of us think we could do it on our own. And some of that comes from a mindset of this idea, like I said, is this survival it only can be one of us, only one of us. You know, and that comes from slavery, where it was, you know, kind of like the chosen ones in the master's house in, in, in a sense. Yeah. And so we don't necessarily have the structure like other cultures. They They they, uh, create a link, a chain to all get to the same place, right? Mm Y'all contribute and help with everybody building generational wealth. And sometimes we think we're just going to do it on our own because we got to be the ones Mm -hmm. to make it.
6: And, and that's going to happen like this.
0: Right. And this couple here is telling you, you don't have to do that. They're here to help you to make it sustainable. So I want you to reach out and make sure you support them and pass the word about what they are doing, inshallah, to Island. So Jazakallah, Kaiden, again. Thank you so much for coming on. May Allah you. bless you guys. I miss the kids. sure you. give my husband You're doing amazing work, <laughs> Ria. I've <It's>
6: been watching <laughs> you grow. MashaAllah, MashaAllah.
0: Thank you so no much. So honored. Thank you and hug the kids from all of us. inshallah. have a good night. Assalamualaikum. All right, you guys. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for tuning into the Adult Muslim Woman Podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for contributing. Thank you. Thank you for the dialogue. We will, I will cont- continue the one of these aspects of this conversation on the live. So stay tuned for that because we do we didn't delve deep enough into this comment um, about economics and finances. We have one more episode on our mini-series coming up next week. I will launch and drop that um, title very soon. But after that, we are going into the Rebuild podcast um, series. And in that, we are starting the um, hypersexualization, the impact of the hypersexualization of our culture. We're doing a mini series on that. So we're going to attack porn. We're going to attack masturbation. We're going to attack um, oversexualization of Black women, the impact of plastic surgery culture. We are going to attack all of that. And we're going to unravel that and make it normalize um being able to call out dysfunctional sexual deviant behavior here on the platform jazakallah khayran i hope to see you guys soon assalamu in the, in the lives everyone